Yo, what's going on, people? This is the JT Sports Show, episode 15. Big news. Apple Podcast. The JT Sports Show can now be found on the Apple Podcast system. Uh, I put out the last episode last night just as a test run, but this is the first episode that will go out as this episode goes out live. So you not only can watch this on YouTube, you can now listen if that is more convenient on Apple Podcasts. So that is big news. I felt like that was a necessary step to take for this podcast. Um, I appreciate everybody that has been listening and watching on YouTube. Hopefully this brings a bigger audience to the JT Sports Show. Um, but as like I always say, please like and subscribe. Leave a comment if you feel you must. Um, today we're going to talk about the twins who fooled me. They I, I considered them dead about four days ago. They go out and sweep the San Francisco Giants. They now have the Boston Red Sox. They cut the division lead from four to two that the Guardians hold. Um, we're going to talk about the Packers and the Vikings who play in two weeks, September 11th, U.S. Bank Stadium, 325 on Fox. We're going to go through each team's depth chart, and I'm going to say who has the better position groups. This isn't just for this game, but this is it's this division is most likely going to come down between the Vikings and Packers. So let's see who has the better roster, maybe even the better coaching staff. And then finally, I'll get in some Jackson Forks news. I'll leave it at that. Let's talk about the Twins. Like I said at the top, I considered them dead. And they go out and sweep the San Francisco Giants. Props to the Twins. A couple of key players that gave... The Twins reason to do what they did. Max Kepler reached seven out of nine times in the last two games. Max Kepler is one of these players that if he gets going, this team will have a ton more success because he's right in the middle of the lineup. He's a player that can be streaky, but for the last two years, for the most for the most part, has been absolutely abysmal. When he shows up like he did the last two days, this lineup just feels so much deeper. Same with like Jake Cave. Jake Cave is not a great baseball player. He's not, a, he will never be a mainstay in an MLB lineup. But when he can bring you four RBIs and the night prior show up and give you two big at bats late in a game, that's all you're asking of Jake Cave. Show up every once in a while. And I guess he's done that. Max Kepler, like I said, seven out of nine in his last nine at bats. Carlos Correa. Probably the most important player on this team for the rest of the season because his ceiling is so high and he just hasn't quite lived up to it. When he does what he has done these last three games, there's a reason the Twins swept the San Francisco Giants. He was nine for 13, four RBIs, a home run, a double. His average is back up to 276, I want to say. And he brings it on the defensive end every night. But when his offense can start to click like it has, 
I think Carlos Correa is probably the most important bat in this lineup. Byron Buxton's on the IL. I'm not sure when he comes back. The pitching staff was decent, but when you score 20 runs in a three-game set, that gives you a really good chance to win the series, if not sweep it, and that's exactly what the Twins did. So they now are only two back of the Cleveland Guardians. The Guardians don't play tonight. They play. They start a series against the Baltimore Orioles, who are no longer just a punchline in the MLB. They're actually a solid team. They may, I think they have the better record, record than the Twins, which is pretty crazy because the Baltimore Orioles were supposed to be one of the worst teams in baseball. But Brandon Hyde, the manager in Baltimore Orioles, have done a very, very good job this season. Um, the Twins start tonight against the Boston Red Sox. The three pitching matchups, let me go through them. Brian Bellow versus Dylan Bundy. Neither guy very good, but Dylan Bundy probably has a slight edge. Dylan Bundy has actually been pretty good lately. He, he goes out there, gives you five innings, maybe two runs, maybe one run. Dylan Bundy has not been too bad. Brian Bellow, not a great pitcher for the Red Sox. The Red Sox have lost seven out of their last 10 games. They're just not that good of a team. The next game, it's Cutter Crawford. What a name. Cutter Crawford against Chris Archer. Chris Archer's Similar to what Dylan Bundy's been doing, except for he doesn't, he can't go five innings, which is pretty sad. He only goes four innings, lets up two earned runs, and gives the team a chance to win, which is, I guess, all you can ask for. But then you're just relying on the bullpen, a bullpen that has been streaky. Um, when the team has the lead, the bullpen's been pretty good. When they haven't had the lead, besides two nights ago, they have they have not been stellar. Um, the final game is Joe or Michael Waka against Joe Ryan. Joe Ryan is probably the Twins' ace. Michael Waka has been the Red Sox' best pitcher. He has a 9-1 and one record, which is pretty freaking amazing. I'm not sure how that's even possible with this Red Sox team, but that'll be a tough game, but at least we have our quote-unquote ace going out there against Michael Waka. If the Twins can win two out of three here, I'm totally okay with that. I If, if they sweep them, I will, I will no longer consider them dead, but... It would not surprise me if this team loses two out of three here or even gets swept because the Twins are just so up and down. They have so much talent, but they just cannot bring the consistency to a day, to a day, daily basis. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to watch this series, see how the Twins come back from this sweep, see if they can keep the momentum going because... Recently, they just haven't been able to do that. Uh, let's talk about the Vikings and the Packers, a, a game that is two weeks away now. Um, these two will be going head-to-head -head all season long in the NFC North, and I think it would be fitting to go through the starters, the depth chart, see who has the better receiver group, see who has the better running back group, see who, see who has the better linebacker group, all of them. Let's start. If you're not watching... I am pulling, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, which I appreciate if you are, I am showing uh, a screenshot of the Vikings offensive starters. Then we'll compare them to the Packers offensive starters. Quarterback wise, you have to give it to Aaron Rodgers. There's not much to say to this. Kirk Cousins, I am high on him this year, given the fact with that all he has, he has a ton of weapons. The offensive line, in my opinion, is improved. And you now have a coach that empowers you, that instills confidence in you. And I hope Kirk lets, lets the reins loosen a bit and uh, he takes some shots this year, not just being scared that Mike Zimmer's going to crawl up his back. 
uh, because now he has Kevin O'Connell, a positive guy that I think is instilling confidence in him. Um, running back wise, Dalvin Cook, Alex Madison, Kane Wongu, Ty Chandler, Packers, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Patrick Taylor, Tyler Goodson. I don't think you can. I think you have to give this to the Vikings. Aaron Jones is a solid running back. AJ Dillon is a solid two back, but I just don't think that beats the firepower of Dalvin Cook. And the upside of a player like Kane Wangu and Ty Chandler. Both of those guys are going to make the roster. Ty Chandler showed out in preseason. He was phenomenal. Kane Wangu is a TBD when it comes to actual running the ball. But I think if you can just get it in his hands on screen, plays like a screen pass or, or a, a, I don't know, set him out to the outside and throw him a bubble screen. Plays like that. I think Kane Wangu could be dangerous. But I guess give the Vikings a slight edge based on the fact that I think Dalvin Cook is miles better than Aaron Jones. Uh, wide receiver-wise, Packers have Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, Christian Watson, the rookie, Vikings, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne. I give this to the Vikings. I just, I mean... Justin Jefferson is way better than the Packers number one receiver. Adam Thielen is probably better than the Packers number two, number one receiver. I mean, is Adam Thielen better than Alan Lazard? Probably. I mean, he might, he's old, but he's still a freaking killer in the red zone. Tight end wise. So that's two to one Vikings. I'm going to keep notes of this two to one Vikings in the offensive category let's see here all right tight end irv smith jr versus big bob tanyan um i'll give this edge to robert tanyan just based on the fact that i think i think irv smith jr is have to gonna have to get acclimated he didn't play at all last year he didn't have any time in the preseason this year because he hurt his thumb um, but Robert Tanyan and Aaron Rodgers have a bond, and I think that what he sh- showed last year, I'll give the Packers the slight edge in the tight end category. Offensive line-wise, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. I think this is the Packers, just based on the fact that David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, John Runyon, I think those three are really solid players. And you can't get worse than the Vikings at the center position and Garrett Bradbury. So I think this right guard position is wrong because I have Ed Ingram, and I think a lot of people have Ed Ingram starting at the right guard position. Now, now there's no doubt Christian Derrissaw is going to be a good player, but I think David Bakhtiari, given the injury issues, is still a better left tackle right now than Christian Derrissaw. Brian O'Neill is better than Elton Jenkins, but besides that, I just think that the offensive line for the Packers, John Runyon, Aaron Rodgers glows about him. I do not know who Jake Hansen is, but you, I'm giving the edge to Josh Myers over um, Garrett Bradbury based on the fact that you can't be worse than Bradbury. Uh, so I'll give the slight edge to the Packers here. Um, let's move to the defense. It's three to two Packers based on the offense. Three to two. And now... That offensive line, I might might switch up midway through the season. 
but I don't think I'm ever going to do this again, so that's probably not going to happen. Um, defensive line, let's split this between the edges and the inside. Inside-wise, I'm going to give it to the Packers. They have, oops, they have Kenny Clark, and that is good enough for them because he is way better than Dalvin Tomlinson and Harrison Phillips. He used to is. Kenny Clark has been around for a while. He's given the Vikings interior offensive line fits. Um, edge rushing wise, Vikings by a mile. Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith are miles better than Rashawn Gary. And let's see who else is there. Who's the other one? Preston, Preston Smith, probably. I still think, I'd give the edge to Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith. Daniil Hunter is way better than Preston Smith, even though Preston Smith is a solid player. Rashawn Gary out of Michigan is also a solid player. But Zadarius Smith, when healthy, is a game wrecker, and Daniil Hunter is even more than that. So I'll give the Vikings that one. It is four to three. Coming down to the wire, linebacker-wise, I'm going to give the Vikings the credit because I think they moved, they made this move for Jordan Hicks in the offseason. This was a big move because last year you had players like Jordan uh, Jordan Die, you had uh, Lynch, Blake Lynch playing linebacker at times. I mean, it was it was disgusting. Um, Eric Kendricks, you know what you're going to get out of him. He's one of the best linebackers in all of the NFL. But what I saw from Jordan Hicks, and not and not only training camp hearing from people about him in training camp but what he did in that first preseason game made me like him a lot um the packers have former gopher Devonte campbell quay walker um so we're gonna we're, we're all tied up going into the secondary we'll start we'll still talk about uh special teams that'll help the vikings um, secondary wise, I'm going to give the edge to the Packers. The Vikings have Pat Pete, Harrison Smith, Cam Bynum, Cam Dantzler, Lewis Seen, Andrew Booth, Shannon Sullivan, former Packer. Um, but the Packers, uh, cornerbacks are possibly the best in the league with Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, Adrian Amos. Um, Rasul Douglas is a solid player. Darnell Savage. Well, Amos and Savage are back in the deep secondary safeties, but Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, and Rasul Douglas are possibly the best uh, combination of three cornerbacks in all of the NFL. So that will go to the Packers. It just will. Um, and then finally, the special teams. This was one of the most embarrassing things to, for the Packers last year. It literally lost them games. Um, it may have even lost them that playoff game against the 49ers mason crosby is absolutely washed they bring in pat o'donnell from the bears the, the punter um kick returner amari rogers out of clemson punt returner never heard of this guy rico gafford uh yeah it's the vikings greg joseph has not did not miss a kick in the preseason he made a 58 yarder uh against the broncos on saturday night um he has been absolutely brilliant kicking the ball in all of training camp. Uh, they they cut Jordan Barry, the punter, bring in Ryan Wright. I believe he's a rookie. Um, his display of punting on Saturday night against the Broncos was absolutely beautiful. It was like artwork. Uh, he had a 71-yard touchback punt. He had a punt from his own 30 that went inside the five-yard line. Ryan Wright was fantastic. 
The only issue the Vikings really have on special teams, in my opinion, is the punt returner, Amir Smith-Marset. I'm not sure where you're going to get out of him. I'd be more of a fan of having, I don't know, K.J. Osborne back there just because he's definitely sure-handed. Um, and you don't need to run it back all the time. Just take a bunch of fair catches and keep the ball and give the ball to the offense. Kick returning-wise, the Vikings may have the best kick returner in all of the NFL in Kane Wongwu. Um, Kane Wongwu has been freaking brilliant. Uh, last year he was, he had two kickoff returns more than anybody in the NFL. Uh, if you can freaking get two kickoff returns a year, sign me up. That would be, you, he would break the record for kickoff returns of all time in, in NFL history. So, uh, you can't expect that every year, but maybe one this year and a bunch of good, good kick returns. Kane Wongwu is talented back there. So with that said, Let's see here. It's a tie. Five to five. Vikings Packers. This is all we want. It is coming down to not only this game, September 11th, but the final game that will occur in Green Bay. I believe it is week 17. Um, it should be an interesting season between these two teams. The Packers have come back to earth with the loss of Devontae Adams. The Vikings, in my opinion, are taking a step forward which will bring these teams just about neck and neck for the division title in the NFC North. Um, it, it, I mean, the NFC, Paul Allen has talked about this because he predicts the Vikings to get to the Super Bowl. I don't think it's that big of a hot take because the NFC has for sure taken a step back. You don't know what you're getting out of Tom Brady and the Bucks. Tom Brady's been acting weird. The Cardinals, I'm not sure what you expect from Kyler Murray. Uh, the Rams are pretty old. Can they can they do what they did last year? It's possible. Um, the 49ers are a team I worry about just because they're always solid. And if Trey Lance is better than what Jimmy Garoppolo was, they could be dangerous. Um, the NFC South besides Tampa Bay is nothing. The Falcons, the Panthers, and the Saints are not going to be good. Uh, the West, Seattle is no longer an issue, a team that has plagued the Vikings for a long time. Of course, the year that they lose Russell Wilson, the Vikings don't have to travel to Seattle. Um, the NFC East, the, the Cowboys could be solid. They could be solid, but they don't have, besides CeeDee Lamb, a wide receiver core that was once dominant. I don't know what, how good Zeke Elliott is anymore, but Dak Prescott is Dak Prescott. Um, the Giants are not great. The Eagles could be a solid team. I think they're a sleeper team in the NFC this year. Jalen Hurts has a super high ceiling. Their defense is pretty solid. Um, so that's that. The Reds or the Commanders, they're not going to be anything. They have Carson Wentz. That's all I need to say about the Commanders. So if the Vikings do what they need to do this year, they could be a solid, solid threat in the NFC. Um, finally, before I let you go, News on Jackson Bors, friend of the show, starting, well, he's going to be on this, this week on Wednesday to talk everything Twins, Vikings, Wolves, Gophers, but starting next Monday, each Monday throughout the NFL NBA season, Jackson Bors will be on to talk Vikings, Timberwolves, and Twins throughout the rest of the season, Twins throughout this fall, but it is news because I think Jackson Borst is great what he does. Jackson Borst and I have good banter. We have been texting a lot. 
about what the twins have been doing, what Rocco Baldelli has been doing. Um, but we need to get this on the airwaves. And so Jackson Bors will be a once a week guest. We also have other guests, hopefully on the books. Um, one that I brought up a couple of weeks ago is still uh, definitely in the air. I gave him a couple of weeks. I'm not going to share this name. All I will say is he is a forward caddy. I've said that before. Um, I'm hoping to have a uh, one guest this week before the Gopher football game that talks of, that covers the team. Um, he has yet to get back to me, but if he does, that'd be awesome. If he doesn't, that will also be okay. Um, before I let you go, thank you for listening. Um, like and subscribe on YouTube. I do not know if you can like on Apple Podcasts, but if you can, that'd be awesome. I know you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That would also be awesome. Thank you for listening today. Um, I will be back on for sure Wednesday, maybe another one on Thursday if I get this guest talking about Gopher football because they play Thursday night uh, at Huntington Bank Stadium. Thank you for listening to the JT Sports Show today. Um, like I said, we'll be back Wednesday, maybe even Thursday. I am John Tucker. 